Hello, this is David Snyder, President of Baptist International Missions Incorporated, welcoming you to today's broadcast of Moments for Missions under the direction of our Vice President, Dr. J.B. Godfrey. Hey, I'd love to tell you today about one of the early missionary pioneers to the far north, and that is Garland Cofield. And Brother Cofield today is 93 years old. His wife graduated to heaven some time ago, but Brother Cofield still has a heart to serve the Lord. Well, he writes, I was a missionary bush pilot in northern Canada when I received one of the big scares of my life. I was taxiing for takeoff from a frozen lake in sub-zero weather when the ice gave way beneath the plane skis. I applied power, but it was too late. Water and ice came smashing up over the cowl against the windshield. I knew that I had to get out immediately. I unbuckled the seatbelt, banged the door open, forced myself out under the wing into the freezing water. Climbing onto the thin ice, I lay out flat and squirmed slowly until I had snaked my way 100 feet or so from the plane. Then, when I thought it was safe to do so, I stood up and looked back. To my surprise, the plane had not sunk to the bottom of the 90-foot deep water. The tail and the wingtips had caught on the ice, but by this time my clothing was frozen stiff. Then I remember my survival kit, including a waterproof matchbox, was in the plane. I guess some lessons have to be learned the hard way, I told myself. So I hurried toward the shore of the lake. I could not help but think of the three pilots who had gone down when their planes had broken through the ice the year before. I thought too many of my many conversations with experienced bush pilots when I began flying in Canada in the 1960s. They explained that there could be undetectable thin spots caused by underwater currents and warned me of the danger of hitting a large, unseen snowdrift when trying to land in poor visibility. They filled me in on whiteouts and glassy water landings and the method of preheating engines in the bush in 30 below temperatures. From what they told me, I thought they must have experienced many narrow escapes. Having flown mostly in the southern states, I've never heard stories like these. If you fly in the north long enough, they said, you'll have a few of your own stories to tell. At that moment, I was wondering if I would have a story or be a statistic. With the help of a woodcutter, I was able to get home safely late that night, and I enlisted my son Jim, Kim Mayering, and Dale Kuypers to help me salvage the plane. Well, back at the accident site, we spread large beams around the aircraft. These provided footing for the long poles we used to form a double A-frame from which we hung a chain hoist. And to prevent the aircraft from being crushed by the fast-forming ice, we used a chainsaw to keep it cut back. Well, on the fourth day, we lifted the plane out of the water and let it down on the ice and the boards. We immediately drained the tanks and the crankcase and removed and wrapped the radios and the instruments. After that, we tied the plane to tow lines behind a couple of snowmobiles and towed it across the lake up to a clearing on the shore. And there, after building a house of two-by-fours and wrapping heavy plastic around the plane, we kept it heated for three days and nights to thaw it out. I camped out with it during this time. Well, that's just one story. 
And I have some more to tell you about, Brother Cofield. And so I'll finish that up tomorrow. That reminds us that we need to be in serious prayer with and for our missionaries as they labor in taking the gospel around the world. You've been listening to Moments for Missions. For further information, please write to BIMI, P.O. Box 9, Harrison, Tennessee, 37341, or call us at 423-344-5050. Or you can visit us online at www.bimi.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.